Hello, nerds. We're brought to you by Proper Cloth. Proper Cloth is a premium quality, perfect fitting shirt that you can buy over at propercloth.com. Now, here's the thing. When we're getting emails from you guys, a lot of common questions are, how should I dress for my date? How can I look really good and really proper for my date in a way that will impress her? Here's the thing. There's really no right or wrong answer, but if you're wanting to leave a really great impression, Proper Cloth is going to help you with that. Now, six months back, they asked me to try out one of their shirts and they said, our shirts will last a while. Yes, they do cost a little bit more than your standard shirts, but they will last you a lot longer and that dollar will go a lot farther than it would with a bunch of these other shirts, which will rip, which will tear, which will look worn down and ratty after a few washes. Not with proper cloth. Not only is it custom fitted to fit your body in a way that's going to make you look great because that's the thing fitting clothes really does matter you don't want a shirt that looks too big on you or a shirt that looks too small on you and with proper cloth they make sure that the shirt looks perfectly fit on you so it is properly conforming to your size and shape which is great that's what you need now here's the thing these shirts do cost a little bit more and the quality is in the pricing of course but we're here to help if you use gift code nerds and love at checkout you will get twenty dollars off your first custom shirt now again these shirts do last a lot while but we're going to give you a little bit of a discount here so that you can get the shirt that you need and get into a shirt that's going to get you more dates and hopefully more success in your dating life so check out propercloth.com see what kind of shirts they have and hopefully you can find one that will get you farther in your dating life with that said let's get on with the show thanks for your time she won't get married because she's never been in love. Andy's really hot. And don't get me wrong, you're cute too, but Andy is like cut from Marvel. He's gorgeous. He's like this beautiful face and this incredible body. And I genuinely don't care that he's kind of lame. For a lot of people, love isn't just a slogan. And if he hits you again, you tell me. I'd be forced to knock his teeth out. I don't think that would be such a good idea. He's big. I'm sorry. It's written into my character to do it, so I do it. What do you mean love? You mean a big lightning bolt to the heart where you can't eat and you can't work and you just run off and get married and make babies. Wait, wait, wait. Don't leave. Don't leave, please. I could use your help. Take this quarter. Go downtown and have a rat gnaw that thing off your face. Good day to you, madam. Have you been single for far too long? Are you out of touch with the dating game? Regardless of your plight, we're here to help. Put your hands together for the crew of the Nerds in Love podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Nerds in Love podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, Dr. Stephanie Sarkis, PhD. You can find over at stephaniesarkis.com. How are you today, Steph? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing great. Just pretty pretty relaxing. You know, nothing too crazy either side of the spectrum. Sometimes it's nice. So. It's a beautiful day in Vancouver. Yeah, it is. How about in Florida? It's hot. Yeah. It's Not nice surprising. Hot. Yeah. It's, um, it's like like um seven circle of hell kind of hot mm. not that i've been to seven circle of hell but it's pretty much what i would picture the weather <laughs> i'm going but down to, it's, uh, it's the winter so you know it's a trade-off yeah hmm? i'm going down to texas uh in september so i'm not looking Ooh, forward to the fun heat. state oh yeah, yeah it's gonna be a little hot it's gonna be hot especially because i'm so used to this like everything averages out to being around like 15 to 25 degrees celsius in the summer so I'm not, I'm going to probably be like sweating buckets, so I'm not looking forward to that, but, uh, yeah. Just the, drink plenty of water. Yeah, this, that's the, what they say, right? Just drink plenty of water and, you know, Love if you screen. feel exhausted, just, you know, find some shade, you know, stuff like that. I mean, you're not going to be doing stuff outside, are you? No. I mean, I'm going to the, funny enough, because it's like a film festival, so most of your time is spent indoors, so... Oh yeah. Yeah. So by the time 
What time, you know, really the, your only time outside is if you're going somewhere or something like that. But most of the times I'll be in an air-conditioned theater. Uh, but I'm also very happy, too, because I get to go to the Alamo Draft House. And I haven't been to one of those in a long time. And uh, Oh, that's right. They start in Texas, didn't they? Yeah. I'm not jealous of many things that you guys have in the States because you have, like, Trump and all that. <laughs> but one thing I am jealous of is the fact that you guys have Alamo Draft Houses. And Shake Shack. We don't have Shake Shack up here. Is that the, they do the ads where they play a voicemail left by somebody, right? That's yeah. like complaining about them and stuff and they make it into an ad. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. They also like yeah, they, they serve you like food and drink while you're in the theater, so you can have a pizza and a beer or a burger or whatever else you want while you're watching the movie. And um bring your homemade pizza. I don't know if they would let you do that. That seems like it would be like, <laughs> they'd be like, no, you gotta leave this pizza at the door. You can only eat our pizza. But uh... we got an email from someone that did try the pizza suggestion. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Shout out to uh, Benji with Bathers, who uh, was actually very polite enough to email me, thanking us uh, for the shout out. Oh, so, he did. Yeah, just wanted to. Yay! Guess now is as good a time as any to say you're welcome. Uh, so hopefully you checked out his. Uh, his stuff there listeners because it's pretty good so helps it that helps. is so cool yeah so did you message him or he just kind of heard about it or well i tagged uh i tagged him on social media and linked to his website and i think he probably got enough of a response from us that he that it came across his eyes so he oh neat he just said hey saw that you posted and you know linked back to my website and so social media really appreciate it blah 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 listen to the episode stuff like that so it was very nice oh that is nice yeah so cool. if you're babish or you're, if you're someone else or who knows what you can just you know thanks for listening all right uh this podcast is not a substitute for mental health treatment let's just get that out of the way um the first email is from daryl daryl says nerds I hooked up with this girl. She was pretty cute, and we had fun. As she's leaving, she says to me that she is going to hang out with another dude. I glimpsed the text messages. I know, kind of shitty. And she was sending some sexual me messages. Feeling like I like a used piece of shit now. I won't be seeing her again, but is there anything I can do? Should I say anything to her, Daryl? Uh, yeah, I mean, first and foremost, you should probably get tested. I mean... If you're not too sure who she's sleeping with and you're not too sure, you know, what may be contracted, it might be a great idea to just go get tested. Um, as for actually, you know, saying anything to her, maybe just, I don't know. I don't know if maybe ghosting is the right thing to do here, but maybe just let her know like, hey, you know, I, I'm, this is not exactly what I'm comfortable with or looking for. You know, I, I, I'm going to look elsewhere and just let her know. But you can also just, if you don't think that it's going to be a productive conversation or, you know, healthy one, it might be good to maybe just ignore her and move on. So, but what do yeah, you think? Yeah, that's why I would say let it go. Chalk yeah. it up to this is just something that didn't work out. Mm -hmm. I think the big thing is just to get tested because if you don't, if, if she's sleeping with you and one, at least one other guy, you don't know who else she's sleeping with. And, that potentially I'd puts. Anytime that you should probably just get tested on a regular basis anyway. Oh, for sure. Like if you're but single, if you've had unprotected sex, yeah, something you know has other partners. Even if you're like protected sex, you, there's still a risk. So. Oh sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I would I would definitely get tested for sure, and yeah, either ignore her and move on. Something th I hate to say this, but something tells me if you ignore her and move on, she probably won't even notice if she has this many people that she's talking to or whatever. So unfortunate yeah. as it may be so well, i'd also say too daryl it sounds like you're being a little hard on yourself and this isn't personal this is just this is part of hookup culture is yeah. that you're gonna have people that that are sleeping with other people and they don't tell you so um it's just part of that whole thing so mm -hmm. i i would just you know it, it's it's not personal even though it probably feels personal so yeah yeah get tested I think part of it also too is like i think it's always assumed that people are you know spending time with others and you know not quite exclusive early on in the dating process but to sort of go from not even leaving one person's house to coordinating to go into another like that's that to me is a little unhealthy like 
it, it is one thing to you know yeah assume that you're you know that two people are not just exclusive to each other especially early on but to be so blatantly kind of up not even up front because i guess she wasn't technically up front but like to be so blatant about it is kind of like that's more more of an issue than anything like you know you can just schedule it for another day or something like that's kind of weird so well the thing about hookups is you don't really know the person so yeah really know what personality you're dealing with or what their values are or um Mm -hmm. you know how they run their lives so it's (laughs) kind of it's kind of a, a spin of the roulette wheel yeah, and I think, Daryl, you've probably learned that, like, you know, I think hookups are, are can be totally fine. I think that there's some considerations that have to be made, you know, regardless. But I don't think it's, you know, the end of the world if, uh, you know, you want to hook up with somebody. But it's always good to just think, like, this is what you're getting into. And I, I hate to say this, but there's probably a lot of people who are going to be, uh, like Steph said, that's that hookup culture. So there's a lot of people who are going to be like that. So... Maybe, you know, maybe readjust what you're looking for, too. Like, you know, a hookup is, like, to me, a hookup and having something that's more consistent with somebody, but still sexual, like, you can still do that, too. So, I don't know, maybe there's something something else that you might be looking for that doesn't quite fit in with that hookup culture. I think it always helps to have a discussion, too, firsthand about what each of your expectations are. And, yeah, that's not a sexy conversation to have, but I think it helps answer a lot of questions you might have later. And you can be, like, relatively casual about it, too. You don't have to be like, are you looking for hookups, you know? Like, right, like, I, like doing a questionnaire. And <laughs> yeah. Like, it doesn't have to come across so cold. You can just say, you know, I think, well, what was, what was, there was this, something I saw that I always, oh, um, it was, there was, a, like, three sort of things about uh, sort of helping make a conversation. And one was make, some, make an observation, uh, comment, and then encourage. So, I don't know, Can maybe you... you that for everybody? So, a, make an observation or observe, and then comment, and then encourage. So, basically, you want to sort of encourage them to sort of answer. So... I would never really come into it asking them right away, but maybe just start saying like, hey, you know, uh, this is kind of what I'm looking for. Hey, what are you looking for? You know, like something like that. So that's yeah, like, I like a just... observation, comment and encourage. Yeah, yeah. And I also like to have friends said, you know, one of the best ways you can introduce a topic into an awkward conversation is to say, hey, this is completely awkward, but, you know, blah, 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 blah. So if you call it what it is up front, I think that takes some of the awkwardness away from it. Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, do you want to read Wendy's email? Wendy says, my boyfriend and I are headed off to college. Any tips for a successful long-term relationship? Uh, Wendy, it depends if you all are both on the same page. Are you looking for the same things? Uh, have you both agreed that you're going to be mutually exclusive? I would just say that as someone that went to college for a long period of time, because <laughs> I really liked college, apparently, um, that I would make sure you enjoy the college experience. And it's it's tough to connect with college and be on campus and make sure that you study enough if you're going home every weekend or mm-hmm. meeting your boyfriend some every weekend. So I would just make sure that you keep some time for yourself and you, you are going to meet new people and, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes long distance relationships, when you are in a place where you meet new people, you may want to pursue a relationship with somebody and that's not right or wrong. It just happens. Mm-hmm. So, but I would have a talk beforehand of what your expectations are. Mm-hmm. So what do you say? Um, I think long-term relationships sort of, they invite a lot of challenge. And challenge isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it is what oh, it is. Oh, wait. Sorry. I was just thinking, I was I read it as long-distance relationship. Yeah. Or, is this long-distance? Or is long, long-term relationships different than long-distance, isn't it? I think they meant to say maybe long-distance relationships. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Okay. No, I'm I like, think oh, no, I, I think you're actually right because, yeah, long, because if they're going off to college, I think they meant long-distance relationships. Okay. That's the sorry, assumption. Um, yeah, I think um, sort of... The big thing is to obviously communicate, um, but also too like I don't know I, I feel like it's probably maybe this might be a little um, cold to say, but like I think it's if you're 
being at a dis, you know, distant apart, it might be better to just sort of go your separate ways and maybe reconnect and see where things are at later. I don't know. It seems like, cause I, I hear a lot of like these long distance relationships just being really tough to sort of work on because a lot of it is sort of like setting goals and communicating and, you know, putting in a lot of effort and frankly, like not everyone is willing or able to put in that effort. And that has to be mutual too. Like that has to be both parties willing to put in that effort. So, uh, it's tough because I think it's possible, but it's a little idealistic. Um, I think the biggest thing would be if you're going to try to do it, like keep a schedule, uh, you know, make sure you're communicating frequently. Don't just communicate via like Facebook or something like that. Like try to at least set some time where you're like driving or flying to meet each other too. I mean, obviously it's probably not feasible to do it all the time, but try to do it when you can. Uh, and also don't forget like a long distance relationship is not going to be the main focal point of your life. So try to be flexible. And I think where a lot of people maybe fail is they're inflexible in a relationship like that. Um, you know, somebody that I was with, you know, we were together for many years and we had like a year where it was long distance and, you know, it became kind of a thing where I'd say, Hey, you know, like let's chat Friday at eight o'clock and, you know, maybe something came up, maybe some friends invited her out or something. And I would get like frustrated cause I'm like, why isn't she here? But the thing is, is like, you can't expect somebody to put their life on hold when they're, you know, in college and meeting new people and having fun. Um, obviously maybe, you know, for some people that might invite some insecurity and some doubt, but you know, that's also kind of part of, again, the challenge of a long distance relationship. So I don't know, it's tough, but if you're willing to put in the work, uh, it is always possible. Wait, did you just change it to LDR or am I seeing things? No, I changed it to LDR. (laughs) I don't want to trip up because, um, I realized that, um, yeah, they put it in long distance relationship. I just That's shortened it. Oh, I'm losing my mind. <laughs> no, no, no. It's actually my fault because I uh, shortened it in the email. They put it as a long oh. distance relationship and I just put LDR, but I put LTR. Just, I don't oh. know. So that okay. was on me. So yeah, it was okay. LDR. And I was like, wait, that those look like different letters. We're I, we're looking at a share Google Doc is what's happening for anybody that's wondering yeah. what I'm talking about. And I'm just messing with stuff by uh, changing it. So By changing the words up. Yeah. Yeah. well because like a lot of times people will like send an email and they may repeat sentences or it might be like grammatically a mess and not to say that this one wasn't particular but like sometimes and that's okay it's just because when we read them we try to kind of yeah we don't change the wording around but we try to no write it in a way that we've both been at work all day (laughs) yeah exactly like i'm sure it's something that we can read without having to like you know put a lot of extra energy into yeah and a lot of people have noticed that actually a lot of people have given positive comments on that saying like, Hey, I, this email probably didn't make any sense, but thanks for sort of organizing it in a way that it did. So. Well, yeah. and I just want to say everybody, it's, it's just a challenge to write about your personal stuff in a short email and mm-hmm. we get it and yeah. we appreciate it. So, yeah. and we know it's hard to sum up everything. Cause you, are you leaving, are you putting in the right details? And, oh yeah. You know, I think stuff out and, and I keep in mind that whatever you write down is fine and we'll, yeah. we'll help you figure it out. Yeah, I know sometimes it's like, you know, people don't put things in that I'm constantly like trying to connect dots that are probably not even there. So, you know, I, I, I even have to stop myself too sometimes and be like, no, nah, this is probably not what I'm, this is probably not worst case scenario or whatever, but yeah. You never know. And you know, the human experience is different, but also very similar. So mm-hmm. you never know, you know, you might be listening to something to somebody else's email, but you're like, wait a second. I've been yeah. Yeah. Uh, Probably when we talk about the cheating emails, I think probably everybody's been cheated on at some point. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a universal thing that happens. Oh, yeah. I thought you were the only one, you're not. Yeah. Um, so, um, but so I think a lot of these emails apply just to human experience, especially with dating. Dating is just kind of like this odd kind of social experiment. Mm hmm. Because it's two people who are, in most cases, especially nowadays, complete strangers, uh, right. having to sort of find some commonality and, um, I think in a lot of ways too, trying to find compromise and it's hard because not many people are willing to compromise. And I think that's where a lot of like early relationships fails. Like people come in with two stubborn heads and you know, not either one person is willing to compromise. So 
Well, I would say too, like to not slip too much into peach, you know, but. I think too that, that in the US and Canada, we're part of individualistic cultures. And what mm -hmm. I mean by that is that we see a sign of success as being out on your own and being able to be independent and make your own decisions. And collectivistic cultures, you being able to function as part of the group um, and consulting with people is valued. Mm -hmm. So I think that when you're in a relationship or when you're doing like online dating, it's it's kind of it's kind of like positively reinforced here um, that if you're doing stuff on your own, that that's the way you should do stuff. And the more independent, the better. Mm. And I think that that kind of catches us up too. And that that also means that when we need to make compromises, sometimes I don't know if we do that enough as much as we should. Yeah, I would totally agree. So this is just a good general lesson for everyone. You gotta le learn to work with the pack. There you go. It's good episode. Yeah, at least, at least you know, keep in mind that your way isn't always the right way or the only way. Mm-hmm. And and there's a saying that um that they say in family therapy, which is you can either be married or right. <laughs> there so. you go. Cool. Um all right. Next email is from Shane. Shane says, Nerds, this past week I made a date to see a movie and grab drinks with this girl. She was game, but then she says that she can't make it due to a meeting she has, so I offer another time. She declines. I know you say people should be offering alternate times, so I told her that if I was Brad Pitt, she'd be making time for me. There you go. That's the Brad Pitt rule in effect. Uh, Throw back to the last episode. Yeah. Or the episode before that. I think Check that episode out. I can't remember. I think it was like an episode two ago. It was yeah, not more was, than yeah, two ago, though. One. Yeah. Um, but anyways... Uh, she then admits that she has no money, which I mean, I guess is better. Still, I would rather she just say, hey, I'm short on cash. You mind covering anyways? I guess I feel like I can't trust her, but am I overthinking this? You two are legit. Love the show. Shane. Thanks, Shane. Thanks, Shane. Uh, you know what? Can I get a shirt that says I'm legit or would that be inappropriate? I want like a hat. So I don't have to wear my mega hat anymore. I can just get a hat. Okay, you so, have to explain to everybody about that so you don't get hate mail gathering. Yeah, so I went and traveled to uh, North Carolina. and I Don't went, bring me down with you, man. I went to a <laughs> store that sold the hat. And I thought, you know what? There might not ever be an opportunity for me to buy this hat. So I bought it. And uh, occasionally I wear it to parties as a joke. And everyone gets it. That's yes, a joke. Yes, it an ironic way. Yeah, it's very, like, I'm not a Trump supporter at all. I can't even vote for the guy. So, yeah. But uh, yeah, I wear the hat, and it's uh, it's become a bit of a bit of a great joke. So, um, but yeah, so if you make a hat that says these two are legit, talking about us, I'll wear that hat instead. The Make America Great Again hat. That's yeah, somebody sent Kurt the hat. There you go. Uh, anyways, uh, to answer your email, I I don't think you're overthinking this. Um, I think that, you know, the fact that it, the fact is, is like, it is a really simple thing that she just couldn't afford it. And yeah, she could either maybe ask for something like maybe she could instead say, Hey, could we instead go on a, a date? Like where we go for a walk or something that's free or low cost for her. That's something that she could afford. Or again, she could have always asked you, but the fact is, is she kept declining and uh, not wanting to, um, work with you it seems like she was putting up a lot of resistance um that's not you know good you know behavior like that's not something you would do generally speaking like you know even if there is a challenge even if there is something that's posing some sort of limitation you should at least communicate that and the fact that she wasn't able to do that even something as simple as that um says that there's an issue and then of course there's also the fact that you know there's potentially some financial issues there too so but. Yeah, Shane, I'd, I'd, um, I just keep in mind, yeah, but sometimes people just have difficulties talking about money. It's one of those things that, that we just don't openly talk about. Mm -hmm. We have, There's a lot of feelings we have attached to money, even though money intrinsically doesn't have a, a value. Um, mm -hmm. We ascribe it to it based on you know, our, our experiences in life. So I I wonder, I don't know, I, I kind of wonder if there's something else going on besides the money issue, but we don't know that. Uh, but I probably just if you know proceed with caution and maybe come up with a day plan that doesn't cost a lot mm. and that way she doesn't feel pressured that she has to pay 
But it might be that at some point, Shane, that you you would like her to contribute too. So keep that in mind too. And and I don't know if uh, you know I don't know if your second date's appropriate time to go. Hey, tell me about your financial situation. But it's one of those things that if this gets serious, you might want to consider talking about that. Especially if you guys like are thinking about moving in together. Like if things get serious, I think every couple needs to have a money discussion at some point. You'll figure out what your debt is, your spending habits. But at this stage in the game, I know I would just be a little cautious. Mm -hmm. um, that yeah, you know, she didn't bring this up to begin with, but again, money is a difficult thing for a lot of people to talk about. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, all right. Uh, let's see here. I think. The and next here's email. another email. I think I read the next one. And yeah. Here's another email where somebody took your advice. There we so, go. Got yeah. somebody listens every so often. So, yes. Yeah, so, so what? Glad somebody listens every so often. Oh, I always listen to you. Thank you. As I so do if anything, you. I listen. So, so uh, I, nerds, I went on three dates with this girl, and on the third, I invited her to my place for some homemade pizza. Thanks for the tip. Go, Kurt. There you go. And maybe he turned on the Kings of Leon, too. So, you know. Ooh, there you go. So, mm hmm. There you go. That would have been just a three pointer. Yeah. That's a basketball so reference. It, yeah. We have three pointers in the U.S., too. Yeah, <laughs> just in case everyone's like, "What's a three-pointer?" In basketball, it's one of the highest, you know, points you can get in a single shot. And everybody so. goes three. So if you ever watch a basketball game, everybody goes three. That's yeah. why. Yeah. Three-pointer. So, um, so anyways, back back to Thomas is like, I did not put this in my email. Um, so she seems like she's having fun. Then she freaks out without any without anything I'm doing. She breaks down crying, telling me that her old husband passed away. She left and texted me a few days later, treating it like nothing happened. Would it be awful if I suggested she wasn't ready to date? I feel like it's none of my business, but her breaking down in my apartment says otherwise. Thoughts? I would say, Thomas, if you think it might not be any of your business, it's probably not. And I wouldn't tell her that she isn't ready to date. I think that's up to her. Uh, grief is a funny thing, and I, there's a really good description of it. Somebody wrote in on Reddit that was an older gentleman that talked about how you know, that he had been through a lot of losses in life and that the grief is like being hit by big ocean waves and over time the waves get smaller and smaller but every once in a while there's one that knocks you down it could have been just the way that you're taking the pizza out of, out of the oven reminder of her husband or it could have been just that she had a rough day and when you have a rough day at work it's harder to kind of hold grief at bay um the, acting like if nothing happened i mean yeah it's probably uncomfortable for her and maybe embarrassing or it could be that she's she's just like you know what this is my life and, and you know at some point with grief you're like whatever people can just deal with it so um i think people deal with grief in different ways mm -hmm. uh so i would leave it up to her to see if i don't think that that necessarily means she's not ready to date i think it's just really hard when you have a spouse that passes away i mean that's if you look at a uh, life stress scale so we have this life stress scale that assigns number values to how much stress something causes you mm -hmm. and death of a spouse is a hundred out of a hundred it's the most stressful thing you can experience Mm -hmm. So, um, and that's out of all the bad stuff that, and, and good stuff that happens in life. So, uh, it could have been just that maybe she was starting to feel pretty good, and then she felt she felt uncomfortable with that, or maybe even feeling guilty. I mean, that's a very normal feeling to go through. So, um, I'd say, you know, I mean, she, if she wants to go out again, you know, if you like her and you feel like there's potential there, sure. Um, but I don't think it's up to you to tell her that she's not ready to date. So, what do you think? Well, somebody who's gone through something similar, I can tell you from experience that uh, it, you know, sometimes you're when, you, you know, people are going through grief, like having somebody uh, gone like that, it can be really hard to balance that feeling of having to sort of take time for yourself, but also wanting to go out, go meet people and get back into that dating pool. Uh, it's a hard balance. And sometimes you don't always find that balance the first couple times um i think the best thing you can do is to sort of just offer to that person the sort of acceptance that you know you're gonna you know give them the space to sort of allow them to uh figure out what they need to figure out without too much pressure from you but same time too you also want to offer yourself to be there in case they do want to talk and they do want to maybe you know, bend an ear. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily focus too much on romance or sexuality or anything like that. Just focus on being there for that person. 
that all that goes a long way. Um, and do keep in mind that like you know you may sort of make yourself available to uh, you know open yourself up to this person and give them sort of an ear to you know for them to you know talk to. But at the end of the day, they may ultimately decide that they're not ready to date and they may take some time. So. You might not get the answer that you want either, and I think you should probably expect that, you know, things are, might not go the way that you're expecting either. So do keep that in mind as well. Right, and, and we don't know if this is her first foray back into the dating world. Um, or, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, you could you could have a spouse that's been passed away for several years, and there's just something that happens that just reminds you of them. Yeah. And the, the, the feeling of loss is, is cavernous. So... Mm-hmm. I think that that I think going through that I think that's a normal reaction I'm guessing this is the first time that maybe you've dated someone who had a spouse that passed away um, and and so yeah I, I think Kurt's right you know m- make yourself available and say hey if you ever want to talk about it you know or you might even want to say it sounds like it sounds like you guys had a really good relationship because it's kind of like the grief that you feel is is um, equal to how much you love the person sometimes so or it could be I mean I don't know if you want to go there though because some have pretty complicated what's called complicated grief if you've had a conflictual relationship with someone too so yeah um, yeah so i you know you might just want to say you know hey if you ever want to talk about i'm here for you and and uh you know i i'm sorry that if i did something that made you feel uncomfortable because you know maybe there was something and that not that you meant to do anything but maybe that's a good way to start talking about stuff or maybe she's like you know what i'm gonna have moments where i just need to break down a little bit and whatever i mean that's that part of grief where you're just like you know forget this i'm just gonna feel whatever i need to feel because grief grief's a jerk (laughs) you know so and the only way to get through it is to experience it so um sometimes with grief you just feel like you know what i'm just gonna cry right here and that's tough you can deal with it you know so that may be why she acted like nothing happened again it might have been embarrassing for her um so i mean it sounds like she had the she had a uh a loving relationship with this person possibly which also means that you know there's a potential for her to love again and again it's up to her if she's you know ready to date or not mm-hmm. i guess the bigger question is did you enjoy your time with her yeah you want to get to know her better yeah that's uh yeah i think it's a uh, it's a good thing to sort of go in and uh not expect that you know things are gonna go I don't want to say positively because I don't think positive is the right word, but like go the way you might be expecting, I guess. So. Well, actually, I like the word positive with this because, you know, grief kind of kicks you, but it also, I think this is a way for um, Thomas for, for you to learn more about different life experiences because the older you get, the more you date, you're going to find people have gone through some pretty rough things. And so I think this is probably a good learning experience. Like I, and I'm assuming you've experienced grief, um, but I think it would just be a, a good opportunity to get to know people's life experiences. So that could be a positive from it. Mm-hmm. And again, like if you went out with her, but you didn't feel any kind of connection with her, you know, I mean, she likes pizza. So that's something, as Kurt said, that's a sign of a potential relationship. There you go. Let's have the uh, battle. Yeah. You what? That's half the battle, so. Yeah. So, you know, it's, yeah, do they like pizza? So, yeah, I think the bigger question is, um, do you want to go out with her again? Mm-hmm. So. Cool. Uh, Deanna is up next. She says, Nerds, I've been dating my boyfriend for a year, and he recently asked that I move in with him, which I've been thinking about. I certainly would love to, but I'm a bit concerned about the fact that he owns his home and has a mortgage. If I move in and I'm giving him money, uh, I'm basically a renter helping him pay off his mortgage, aren't I? If things go south, then he has a home that is still his. I know it's cynical to think this way, but it could honestly happen. What's the best way to handle this? Is there a best practice for things like this? I'm certainly not opposed to moving in, but at the end of the day, I don't want to be contributing to something I'm not ultimately in ownership of. Deanna. Um... Deanna, I think, like, I don't know what you're expecting to contribute if you are, you know, contributing into this. Uh, You know, if you're contributing something like 50-50 or something like that into his mortgage, then, yeah, that would definitely be a conversation about getting you on his deed uh, for the house. 
but if you don't, if that might be too much of a commitment or if that's not something either of you are comfortable with, you might want to maybe just look into like what the average rent would be for a similar size uh, suite or place uh, within your city and neighborhood and maybe just, you know, pay him what you would pay any other landlord. Uh, it might be a little colder to do it that way, but at the very least, you don't feel as if you're maybe having that full ownership of the place or you're maybe not, you're avoiding having those sort of awkward conversations or something like that. I don't know. I just, I feel like if you wanted to keep it very like neutral, just paying him what you would pay any other landlord in your area would be probably the best way to handle it. But what do you think, Steph? Dina, I'm not sure if you guys have talked yet about splitting the mortgage payment. I, I'm thinking it's possible that you could move in with him and he doesn't ask you to pay for anything. That's possible. Um, it could be that he says, hey, I got the mortgage covered. How about can you pay for the light bill or the electric bill? But again, he may not ask you to share anything. I mean, it didn't sound like you guys have talked about this yet. And again, talking about money and relationship can be kind of uncomfortable. So, you know, a good opener is, hey, this is really awkward. But, you know, if we move in together, you know, I'm going to be living in your house. And I don't know, like, I want to contribute what, you know, Jimmy thoughts about how that could happen. Um, mm -hmm. You know, if you don't move in, you're going to be paying rent anyway. So, even if you don't buy a house on your own, you're still going to be contributing to something that you're not in ownership of. So mm -hmm. if you look at it that way, there's really no difference between renting or paying, you know, half the mortgage. But again, yeah, if half his mortgage is more than what you'd be paying in rent, you know, that's a discussion to have. Sometimes people decide that they're going to do different proportions of payments for things based on how much money they make. So, you know, like, like a person that's, you know, makes a lot more money may pay like 60 percent of the living costs and another person pays 40 percent or whatever so but yeah this is just something you guys to talk about it's it sounds like um like your anxiety's raising a little bit and i i understand why because you're just wondering you know where's your place in this arrangement um i'd also look at and i don't know if this is the case but um are you concerned about moving in together um for reasons other than the money too so i take a look at that because sometimes when we're focused on like the payments of money Sometimes it's it's a way that we don't look at the fact that we're not ready to move in with someone or we don't want to. And so we kind of focus on the money instead. Or it could just be you like to have legitimate reasons for money issues or concerns. Or it could be both. It could be that you're not sure if you want to move in and you also have concerns about paying for stuff. But either way, you're, you're not putting money towards something you're going to keep. But yeah, I mean, Kurt said like, yeah, you can get put on the deed of the house. Does that usually happen when people move in with, with boyfriend or girlfriend? Usually you are put on the, the deed unless you get married. Um, and yeah. I haven't seen that practice very often. Um, but you know, keep in mind that if that happens, now you've got an asset that you've got both your names on if you split up. So mm -hmm. that makes splitting up a little bit more complicated. So, um, but yeah, I think it's just time to have a talk and say, hey, you know, and, and Dina, tell them the stuff that you've told us that, you're kind of concerned about, you know, uh, if you move in that, you know, you need to pay off the mortgage and, you know, you're not sure if like that's something you can afford it, but you want to contribute. And it, it may be that he's just like, you know what, I just want you to be with me and I'm covering stuff, but I would offer to pay for something. I get the impression more that she's more so wanting to, if she's paying into it, you know, she wants to at least be on the deed and, I agree that like being put on the deed is not something that's going to happen right away. And that would be a conversation that you would need to have. Um, I'm thinking, and sort of maybe to contextualize what I said earlier, like I would for at least for the immediate while, unless he says it differently, and maybe you might want to just suggest this is just pay what like the average renter would pay in the neighborhood and just say like, Hey, I would like to build up to, being put on the deed is there anything that you know i can do to sort of help build up to that or something um but i definitely you know i i don't think it's realistic to expect that it would happen right away right and i, and I think if you're going to move in with him i would go with the expectation that your name's not going to be put on the deed yeah. and decide from there if you want to do it or not because the chance of you putting on the being put on the deed without you guys having a legal contract like marriage is probably pretty slim Mm -hmm. So I would go in with that idea. And also, if you bring up from the very beginning, hey, um, if I pay you for this, I'm going to put on the deed. That's probably going to get shut down pretty quickly. And it's going to kind of 
uh, what's it called? Blindside him. Yeah. So, it comes across uh, as very, like, money-oriented. And it's it fine to... Th- in a, in, yeah, not the way you probably want to come across. No. Like, I don't want to say money-grubby, but kind of like that. Like, like, you're looking out for number one and not looking out for his best interest. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's, um... It's totally understandable that you would want to think of these things in the future, but I, I think what would be better is to maybe consider what can you pay him that is not going to place too much of an expectation on, on the relationship. At least for now, and obviously things change over time, but. Right, and it may be that he's just like, you know what, I'm happy to have you here. Yeah, that can happen. Um, but the whole thing about like you're going to be throwing money away, you're going to be doing that if you're renting anyway. Yeah, so. hate to say it, but that's, you know, regardless of whether you're renting from some landlord or you're, you know, paying him, I mean, you're still going to have to have the living expenses for living somewhere. Um, so I think it would be better to maybe just keep things fair as you would with any other landlord and do the research. Like, just look up like, hey, you know, for, you know, places in this area, I would be paying like maybe 800 a month or something like that. So I'll give you 800 a month, something like that. Right. Like, I, I think that'll go a long way to at least contributing and at least show that you're contributing something. And, um, you know, obviously you, you'll, it's fine to have goals to like maybe work up to marriage and maybe working to, you know, co-owning the, the place, but that shouldn't be your goal right now. Your goal should at the very least be to focus on, you know, how are you guys going to be in a relationship together? Like you, you know, this will be you guys living together for the first time. So presumably at least, but you know, what's that going to be like? Do you, you know, maybe you want to just take time to, you know, work through that and then see what happens. Cause that might be the better way to go about doing it. But I always find the house when couples are having conversations like this to bring numbers to the table. And what I mean by that is, is, Tiana, I would look at doing a budget and I'm not getting paid or sponsored by uh, you need a budget app, but I probably should look into that because I recommend it to everybody. I think it uh, need a budget is an app that I've noticed that people that even feel really uncomfortable with money feel comfortable using this app. And I would put your budget together. Um, and then, you know, when you guys sit down and talk to say, hey, this is what I'm paying right now for stuff. Like this is why I pay for electric and water and you know, rent. And so I'm, you know, I'm willing to contribute something similar. And I think when you come armed with numbers, I think it, it takes a lot of the emotion out of it because again, talking about money makes us feel kind of uncomfortable. But if you're like, Hey, here's the numbers, here's what I spend on a month to month basis. I think you've got a, a kind of a springboard to jump off of to talk about stuff. It makes things a little bit easier. Mm. All right. Uh, the, do you want to read Yvonne's email? Yvonne? Okay, so Yvonne says, uh, "Nerds, I'm really hoping you can help with this." Well, Yvonne, we're gonna we're gonna try. So, um, but I have faith in us. So, two weeks ago, my boyfriend and I went to his sister's wedding. They were getting married at Lakeside Cottage Resort. We were going up for the weekend. Now, for context, we've dated for two years, lived together for one. He's 38, and I'm 32, so he's a bit older, and I think he feels pressure to get married. I've told him I'd like to wait, and he says he respects that. But they'll say, oh, I think we should get married here when we do. Or I know blankety blank will be my best man at our wedding. It's it's a blank. So so uh, it makes me uncomfortable, but I just smile and awkwardly laugh. So the ceremony was on Saturday. And during the reception, he was asked to give a speech. And during the speech, he proposes to me. This felt extremely rude. I mean, this is a sister's wedding, and he gets to sabotage it for himself. I was looking around at the room, and I was getting some genuinely angry stares. So I just told him, we'll have to talk about it later. He storms off and is yelling. I felt extremely vulnerable and just freaked out and took a cab. It's been two weeks and he's staying at his friends. I don't know if he feels embarrassed, but I don't know what to do here. Is it a good idea to simply end things? He wants to get married so soon, and frankly, I feel like he's more enamored with the feeling of being married than he is being married to me. If I stay with him, I feel like this is hella awkward moment. Like this hella awkward moment would just linger like a shitty clap for the rest of my life. Basically, I don't know what to do. What do you think, Yvonne? Yvonne, I was picturing you like, is it Pigpen that, that from the Peanuts cartoons that walks around with the clown? I kind of pictured that. Because, I mean, yeah, I, I think, it, you know, can you let this go? Um, and the thing about first asking someone to marry you during a wedding, that's usually poor form because, you know, again, you're taking the, yeah. the focus off of 
the people who are supposed to be celebrating. There is just a, a thing in, um, on, on a subreddit called Am I the Asshole that talked about something similar to this, that there's a sister-in-law that keeps kind of bringing up her own personal stuff at this person's wedding and bridal shower. Uh, and it was, you know, her discussion was, you know, what's, you know, what's my role in this and what do I do when this person is constantly kind of interrupting my, my life events. Mm. Um, and so this is, yeah, this is usually poor form to do this, but it also, uh, the more important part, part of this is that it puts you on the spot and it pressures you to say yes. And mm. so I have to, I have to applaud you for being honest and saying, Hey, let's talk about this later. And you saw how he reacted. So, um, you guys are in different places. You don't want to get married. He wants to get married for whatever reasons you do or do not want to get married. Guys are in separate pages with, you. uh, you know, he put you in an awkward position and acted out when you were being honest. So I'm wondering what your reasons are for staying. Uh, and you know, you guys have been separated for two weeks and I mean, yelling to me is, yeah, I understand yelling is part of life and stuff, but you shouldn't be in a relationship where yelling is your form of communication. I mean, I understand his situation, but also he asked you to marry him in front of an entire wedding party. So I think yelling is kind of off the table when you set that up. Do you know what I mean? So it, I don't know. I would wonder why you, why you want to stay with him. And it sounds like you already have like one foot out the door. And yeah, I mean, it, if you don't want a shitty cloud hanging around you the rest of your life, either you exit the relationship or you stay in it and you figure out a way to get to kind of make peace with this. So, what do you think? I I think the new episode title this week is "Shitty Cloud," because um, mm -hmm. I just love it. But I do. Well, first off, I think the fact that you come to us about this says to me that this isn't the first time he's pulled sort of an attitude like this. Mm. Uh, because if if this was like a first time, I feel like you probably would know like hey you know i've been with this guy for two years this was just like a moment where he was maybe a little more infuriated or frustrated like we all have our moments uh but generally speaking you can kind of tell when it's just a moment and when this is just another thing that's happening that's sort of in line with his personality um so the fact that you're a yeah already ready to leave the door and you emailed us says to me that you probably have seen something like this before and the fact that like you've said that he you're not ready to get married and he's you know basically planning a wedding without you even saying yes to a proposal is both awkward and also just disrespectful to you um and a controlling issue too maybe. yeah that's very controlling as well uh, and on the, at the end of the day, too, like, there's a lot of disrespect here. I mean, not only did he disrespect you by embarrassing you in front of an entire wedding party, but he also embarrassed the people that were getting married by taking away what is supposed to be their day and trying to sort of take some of that attention for himself. And, I mean, I would say for you, presumably, too, but more so for him. Um, I mean, that's not a good move. I mean you know you mentioned something am i the asshole and it's like well yeah he, that's an asshole move like nobody people don't do that like it, you know it's one thing to maybe do something separately or whatever but during the speech i think it was during the speech he did this right right yeah okay um so you just don't do that that's like a, that's just etiquette that you don't yeah that's in on someone else's life event like, that's like going to someone's birthday party and being like, hey, guys, let's celebrate me, even though it's somebody's birthday. <laughs> it's like, no, you don't do that. It's You have to recognize when it's somebody else's special day. And if you've got maybe something you want to do or something you want to share, you got to realize that there's a time and a place. And this was not the time nor the place. And it sounds yeah. like he was not even had he didn't even really think it through enough with you because you weren't OK with this. So, I mean, obviously, he doesn't even, you've been together two years and he didn't. Like, I'm sorry, but, like, you've been together two years and he didn't at least maybe think, oh, well, she's said that she's not ready to get married yet, but, you know what, I'm going to propose. Like, that's that's pretty bad. Like, if you, after two years you can't know somebody well enough to think whether they would actually say yes to a proposal or not, that's pretty, that's like, that's like an atomic red flag right there. Like, it's beyond just red, that's uh, bright, burning hot red, 
So, and, yeah. I, and I'd say, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I think it's time to end things. Um, you know, unless he can maybe show some level of progress, but you've already indicated, you've already let him know where you stand, and he clearly doesn't respect that. So I think, yeah, it's maybe time to consider moving on. But yeah. And the fact that he hasn't reached out, you don't know if he feels embarrassed, tells me that, you know, it would have been helpful if at least two, sometime in the two weeks during the separation, like when he reached out to the other one. Mm-hmm. But you want to, if, you might be looking for let's say you decide to leave this relationship and you're looking for something to maybe work on or for your next relationship i probably talk about um open communication this is his mm-hmm. um you know what he did is is not your responsibility at all so first let me be really clear about that um also it might have helped if if maybe when you were talking with him that you're pretty clear and said hey i mean i know i know you said you wanted to wait but if you were like hey you know what i don't think i want to get married anytime soon or you were very direct about it. I think that that helps. Um, it, he may still have done this, but mm-hmm. maybe that's something to work on for your next relationship. Because I always think we can learn something from our relationships. For sure. Maybe have better communication. Now it also depends on your partner too. Maybe you didn't feel comfortable. Maybe because you know with his yelling outburst, it might have been that you didn't feel comfortable being open with communicating, and that tells you that it's not a healthy relationship either. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I mean to put you on the spot like that is is a controlling move. Uh, whether he realize that or not but the fact that that he hasn't said to you hey i'm sorry that this happened and i feel really embarrassed i think that says a lot Mm -hmm. he's showing his true colors um especially because yeah the yelling especially yeah i mean he did so he did the thing he did a thing that's not socially acceptable then you react i think you know with with the right response which is like hey let's talk about this later mm-hmm. and then he gets mad that he you didn't respond the way he wanted you to and that's not healthy also you could have handled that a lot, a lot more poorly but you handled that pretty well like right so when i say like stuff to work on in your next relationship you did really well with handling yeah. I mean, you, wow that's grace under pressure mm-hmm. so um i'm not talking specifically about that but just like in the future again if you want to learn something in this relationship maybe more about stating your, your needs and wants up front very clearly. And again, some of that depends on your comfort level with your partner. And if, and if this guy had control issues and was a yeller, I can see why he probably didn't. Mm-hmm. So just be aware of that for your next relationship. For sure. And I really hate kind of going to the presumption that the relationship should end because in a lot of cases, I do feel like there's a lot of middle ground to work on things. But in this case, I don't really see this it being big. much yeah like this is there's not much room to work on things here and that's you know i you know i should i think like i saw some sort of reddit post or something where somebody was joking around maybe not joking but there was like observing how like we very rarely have ever mentioned that people should break up and it's true because like i just don't feel like breakups are necessarily always a solution it's always the end and you've tried every other possible avenue and in this case i feel like there's no other real avenue that i can think of uh that's going to be worth your time and worth your effort um i think it's time well, i would say that too i mean when you're emailing us something's up right yeah. and breaking up is on the table a lot of times so mm-hmm. um you know yeah i think there's many things that we can work through but there are just some things that you can't yeah and and like we said you could just be like you know what i just am happier with this without this person and with them and that's mm-hmm. i think any reason you give for why why you need to end a relationship is valid for you yeah. you don't need to justify it to anybody else uh so but yeah this is a big thing this isn't like like he doesn't put the cap on the toothpaste yeah you know this is this is a uh this this can be taken as a character flaw oh you know sure. what I mean? like there's, there's personality characteristics and then there's character flaws and character flaws are things that really stick out to you like wow this is such a deviation for what i would do or what i would find acceptable and it's a deal breaker mm-hmm. this kind of thing can be a deal breaker yeah and i really applaud your patience too i mean if you've been together two years and he's sort of been like this i mean that's that's requires a lot of patience and understanding but i think it's time to focus on yourself and not focus on trying to make things right with him so right and, and again if you want to if you want to do some some self-work on this maybe if you guys have such differing opinions wow you guys hung in there a long time yeah so i i'm kind of curious about that too yeah so. i think it's 
well, I think it's also partially like when you're with somebody, sometimes you always wonder like, eh, this might just be a quirk or they might maybe grow out of this or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I, I think I after a, anymore. Yeah. I think after a while we start, you know, unfortunately it, it sometimes takes people a while to realize like, no, that's not something that's going to change. And that's why we say there's like red flag or red flags and pink flags and white flags. Like there are certain things that are just not going to ever change. And a behavior and attitude like that is certainly a red flag. It's not going to change. So. Right. This, this is not just a magenta flag. This is a neon. This is like, flag. it's about to go nuclear kind of flag. So, but you know, at least you know now. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, and you know, I don't know if you even want to, but you, I would even maybe just apologize to the groom and bride, even too. Mm -hmm. Not like you did anything wrong, but. But some, just let them know that you didn't know that this was going on. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think it's always a good thing in cases like this where people might not be overly you know sure of what your level of involvement is just to maybe just be clear and tell them like hey i didn't know he was gonna do this uh you know sorry about that kind of deal so it goes well, a long way also if you guys do talk and you and and your boyfriend's like hey you know you overreacted you did not overreact i no. think he handled this exceptionally well i mean he went the amount of storming off yelling so you what? He was the yeah. one that sterned off yelling. So. Right. But I could see that happening in a discussion. Yeah. You're being like, oh, well, you know, how come you didn't say yes? And you could at least said yes, you know, in front of all those people and stuff. That is not your problem. You did no. not ask him to do this. And you did not want him to do this. Mm -hmm. And he did this without checking with you in any way, shape, or form. So yeah. um, I would not buy any kind of blame towards you about this. Again, I think you handled it beautifully. And you really showed grace under pressure. And I think that's... That's a really amazing skill to have. Mm -hmm. Cool. But yeah, I really like the idea of apologizing to the couple. Let them know that you were not in on Yeah, because they might not know. And I think it's always good to clear the air. Uh, if only just for yourself, because you don't want that maybe perhaps lingering where they might think that maybe you were, you were new about this or something like that. And uh, again, we take for granted that we know these things, but sometimes others don't. And sometimes it's good to just say, hey, you know, this is sort of, you know, my level of involvement with this or lack thereof, just so they know. Right. And, and you know, if, if they kind of give you a cold shoulder about it, that's their problem. I, yeah. I think it's, I think it's a, to be, an honorable thing to do is to say yeah. to them, hey, I really apologize. I really didn't know he was going to do this. I'm mortified. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, but I would check on the stats of your relationship first because that's going to get back to him. Well, and also, too, do keep in mind that, like, you know, I don't think you necessarily have to do that. You don't owe them anything. But it's more for yourself to sort of just know that you've sort of done the right thing and letting them know. So. Right, because you're mortified. I mean, it really yeah. sounds like you're mortified, which I yeah. can totally understand that. So, um, yeah, I mean, it sounds like your character is such that you would not want them to think that, and I'm reading this in your email, but that you would not want them to think that you had any part in in this kind of spectacle that was put on display. Mm -hmm. uh, and I totally get, get that. And, um, and I, and I would say, you know, you're feeling that people were giving you angry stares. Probably I would think it was for him, not you. Or maybe more uh, so at the situation. I don't know if it would at the be... situation. Yeah. Cause there's this couple that saved up all this money to pay for wedding, yeah. family, pay for whatever. And then the proposal becomes the biggest part of the wedding. That kind of sucks for them yeah so and, uh, it's a lack of it's a lack of paying attention to what uh, of other people's needs mm -hmm. in a variety of ways and you know what i think good lesson for everybody if you're at a wedding you're thinking of maybe making a big announcement or something like that maybe just curb it for another time most most times these things can wait so let somebody yeah, have like, their special day so right like anything like a birthday so okay don't bring up any kind of I would not make a big personal announcement at a birthday, a bridal shower, mm -hmm. a baby shower, a christening, any other kind of religious ceremony. Anniversary. Right. Yeah. Don't bring, yeah. Any kind of party where people are happy, don't bring up your life stuff. Yeah. And, and I think that part of that is, is that, I mean, I don't know about Yvonne's case, but I know some people really like being the center of attention. They really don't like it when are happy or, or are the center of attention. Now, this may not be this guy's case, 
but just don't do that. I mean, for a good example of how it impacts people, go to Reddit and to am I the is it is it am I the asshole? Is that the name of the subreddit? I'm not too sure. Probably. I think it's uh, it's either am I the asshole or if it's it's a i t a and and look up the thing about the the woman and her sister-in-law that ruins family events like special days and you can see how this impacts other people mm. cool well that's it for this episode great episode as always hopefully you'll learn something um, yeah everybody check in with us yeah and if you want to tell us that that we're legit and and you love us yeah like i think what shane said that we're totally open to hearing that from you. Yeah, we are very legit. Almost too legit sometimes for our too own Too legit good. to quit. Yeah. That's what the I'm showing page by citing that. There you go. Uh, cool. Well, you can find more of Stephanie over at stephaniesarkis.com. And, of course, you can find more of me over at threeingreenerds.com. You can also just email me at, uh, or us at mailbag at threeingreenerds.com or contacts down through our webpage there. Whichever you prefer. Um, but yeah, until next time, everyone. Bye for now. Bye.